0: Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives.
1: Greetings, I'm Tatiana Parra, Associate Professor from Belgrade University, and I'll be speaking today about Identifying patients at risk for atrial fibrillation being the most prevalent, a sustained cardiac tachyrhythmia in the global population of adults, and being associated with considerable mortality and cardiovascular mobility, atrial fibrillation poses a significant burden to the patient, responsible physician, and healthcare system. There are multiple risk factors for incident atrial fibrillation that are modifiable, but there are also those that are non-modifiable. And the individual risk for atrial fibrillation increases with increasing age and the total burden, individual burden of risk factors for atrial fibrillation being additionally amplified by mutual interactions among elect risk factors. Uh, so can we predict the risk of incident atrial fibrillation? Well, there are more than 20 published risk prediction models for incident atrial fibrillation, of which two have been most widely validated. The charge AF risk score has been widely validated in Caucasians and the chest risk score has been tested in multiple Asian cohorts. Why should we look for undiagnosed atrial fibrillation? Well, not infrequently, at approximately thirty percent of patients, AF may present first presents without symptoms or with weak symptoms, not requiring immediate medical attention. And the first presentation could be a scheme of stroke. To prevent such scenario, a timely detection of asymptomatic atrial fibrillation would facilitate timely initiation of treatment and prevention of uh, major adverse health outcomes, including stroke and mortality. Available screening AF randomized trials suggest beneficial effects of the screening for AF, but they are truly underpowered to um, analyze the stroke risk difference and the net benefit from screening. Nevertheless, the results of meta-analysis are that encouraging. How should we look for atrial fibrillation? Well, the more you look, the more you find that increasing intensity or duration of atrial screening from opportunistic to systematic to crantiometrial screening will certainly increase the number of individuals with newly detected atrial fibrillation but the risk of stroke will be declining because of the unselectic population. The current knowns and unknowns regarding the screening for atrial population have been summarized in both European and U.S. guidelines. In the 2020 European guidelines, there is a Class 1 recommendation about opportunistic screening by taking or ecg rhythm screening patients 65 years or older, emphasising that individuals undergoing screening should be informed about implications of detecting age fibrillation, and a structured platform needs to be organised for screen-detected cases. And there is also 2A recommendation that systematic ECG screening should be considered In individuals 75 years or older, or at high risk of stroke. The US guidelines also summarize currently available evidence and emphasize that ultimately, for risk stratification models and screening programs to be useful, they would need to improve patient outcomes and whether to organize screening and daily screening approaches to improve patient outcomes is not yet firmly established. With that, I would conclude and thank you for your kind attention.
0: You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME LLC, and is part of our Minute CE Curriculum. To receive your free CME credit, or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.